0: A reading from the 132nd Psalm. Lord, remember David and all his self denial. He swore an oath to the Lord. He made a vow to the mighty one of Jacob I will not enter my house or go to my bed. I will allow no sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids till I find a place for the Lord a dwelling for the mighty one of Jacob. We heard it in Ephrathah. We came upon it in the fields of Jair. Let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool, saying, Arise, Lord, and come to your resting place. You and the ark of your might. May your priests be clothed with your righteousness. May your people sing for joy for the sake of your servant David. Do not reject your anointed one. The Lord swore an oath to David, a sure oath he will not revoke. One of your own descendants I will place on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and the statues I teach them, Then their sons will sit on your throne forever and ever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God. Reading from the 18th chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning with verse 28. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the place of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal... They replied, We would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace summoned Jesus and asked him Are you the king of the Jews Is that your own idea Jesus asked or did others talk to you about me Am I a Jew Pilate replied Your own people and chief priests handed you me What is it that you have done Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Retorted Pilate. With this he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, "No, not him. Give us Barabbas." Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks. I ask you questions again and I know you don't like talking in church. I figured that out. But we're going to do it anyway. So my pastorly advice to you is it will go a lot easier for you if you just play along. (laughs) I've asked you this twice now, I think. But it's important for you today to have a chance to say it in front of other people. Are you in love with Jesus? I like that. A good resounding yes. That means something in this life and in the life to come in what we call life after life after death. It means that you have a relationship with life itself. You have a relationship with the one who said, I am the bread of life. I am life. I am light. I am truth. I am the way. Which brings me to my next question. Do you have faith in Jesus, church? Have you faith in the risen Christ? Do you believe that in the end He will deliver you from sin and death? Do you believe that He will stand before you in judgment and receive you into Himself as His own? Oh, dear ones. Then that means you are the kingdom this kingdom that Pilate is questioning Jesus about, you are it. You. You who love Christ, who have faith in Christ. You are. Do you think of Jesus as a king? That's harder, isn't it? (laughs) It doesn't come quite as fast. I'm afraid sometimes that American Protestants have been trying to think of Jesus as our servant. Because we were taught to come to Jesus for what He could give us, right? If we come to Jesus, we flee the wrath to come. If we come to Jesus, we can be blessed. If we come to Jesus, we can get a new car, according to people on the Inspiration Network. If we come to Jesus, we'll be rich beyond our imagination. We can say what we want and we'll have it according to a popular TV preacher that half of your friends watch. There's very little talk about coming and serving Jesus, is there? Very often when we talk about Jesus, we talk about what's on the master's table, not the master. We want what he can give us. I want to challenge you today to learn to want Him. Jesus said, if we seek first the kingdom, then all the other things will be added unto us, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Very catchy song. So my next question for you. If you love Him, if you have faith in Him, him are you willing to bend the knee before him in this world christ the king sunday was established by pope pius IX, i think it was i get my roman numerals messed up in my head i can see it but you know how it is in 1925 None of us remember 1925, but we remember what we read about in history books. Mussolini walked into the Italian parliament and disbanded the Italian parliament and proclaimed himself the supreme dictator. Stalin came to power. Adolf Hitler wrote Mein Kampf. Fascism was on the rise in Europe. To proclaim that we are all king, I am king, follow me. And so Pope Pius instituted a festival of the church called Christ the King or Reign of Christ. So that the church would remember that we have no king but Jesus. And the church would stand in front of fascism and yell no. No. The church would stand in front of those who claim to have power over us and say, you have no power over me unless it is given to you from above. That we would remember our king stood before the greatest and when that empire asked him if he was a king, he refused to answer them because they had no authority over him unless it was given to them by the Father. And Pius seemed to think that we ought to talk a little bit about that In a modern world that was beset by fascism and scared, where sources and rising, when people were rising in atheism and claiming that there was no God but our own desires, and that what we wanted we could have and there were no repercussions. There's no such thing as morality except morality by the dictator or by the government. And Pius wanted the church to remember that we have a king. Oh, but today people get weird about king language. Because they say, oh, we don't want Jesus to be confused with all them bad kings throughout history. If you think Jesus can be a bad king, then you don't know Jesus. The one we're talking about is the king who died for you when you were still his enemy. How many modern kings have you seen do that? Choir, anybody? Can you remember a political leader in history who said, I give my life for you? They don't even promise to serve you anymore. When's the last time you saw a leader stand up and say, I will go to death for you? You haven't. Because that's not the way of the world. The way of the world is the way of Pilate. The way of the world is the way of Caiaphas and the chief priests who brought Jesus to Pilate not because they wanted him to be killed, because they wanted him to be shamed. They wanted him to die the most shameful death that history ever created, the crucifixion. They wanted him to be nailed to a tree and hang on that tree on the Passover, on a holy day when the people remembered the gift of God to them, making them a people again and bringing them out of slavery. They wanted Jesus nailed to a tree because the Bible says, Cursed is the man who hangs on a tree. They wanted Jesus, they wanted Jesus to be put to shame. Not just death. They said he had claimed to be God and so he had committed blasphemy. Well, they could have taken him and just stoned him. The law allowed that. They were in their rights to take Jesus and just hurl rocks at him until he was dead. But no, 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 no. no. That makes a martyr. That kills somebody that people think is worth Remembering. But if you hang a man on a tree and he becomes a curse before God, ain't nobody going to claim he's the Messiah. Nobody. No one. For all the grammar police. No one. If you hang him on a tree, he's cursed before God and he can't possibly be the Messiah. He can't possibly be the King of Israel. You see their logic? It's good logic. The problem is that Jesus was who He said He was. The problem for them is three mornings later, or two mornings later, technically, what happened? Anybody know? He was raised. He was vindicated. His claims about Himself affirmed to be true. That died for you, When you didn't love Him. He died for you when you didn't even know about Him. He died for me when I was His enemy, Paul says. In our liturgy for communion, we say, but God demonstrates His love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in two verses later, Paul says, while we were His enemies, He gave His life for us. This king died for you. Are you willing to serve a king who will die for you? That's what he did. Laid down his life and was humiliated for you. We're not talking about some little fairy tale king from Disney or we're not Mussolini, or whatever other things. Some people like to hold up and say we should stop saying the word king because it's offensive to people who know what kings are. That's a bunch of hullabaloo because if we know Jesus, we know what kind of king we can expect. We can expect a king who will receive us because he died for us. Because his Revelation says, he ransomed us with his blood. He purchased us. He's a king who sits on a throne looking like a lamb who was slain. Because he bears the marks of his love for us in his own body. Oh my God, I want to serve that king, don't you? Man. You love him, you have faith in him. Serving him. Serving him is the life that creates. We live in a time right now where the future seems awfully dang bleak, doesn't it? I remember thinking one time, I wish somebody would make a science fiction movie that had a happy ending that wasn't just people surviving off in some post-apocalyptic world, right? Think about how people think of the future today. Even some Christians stockpiling weapons and canned goods. Is that really a vision of the future that would be when we say that Jesus is king? Or that we can expect Jesus to be present for us? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with stockpiling things to protect yourself or to feed yourself in the event of calamity. That's smart. I'm saying do it knowing that in the end, Christ prevails. There's a difference. Think about all the things that are presented to us. The future that we're sold is a future with no hope. Everything is collapsing, they say, unless you vote for me. They do give us that. But all the movies that we watch, think about it, The Matrix. What are some others? Mars. All of these movies that show people escaping from earth to get away and go to some new place because we tragically ruined this one. The picture that's presented for us is a future without hope, but we know better. And that should fuel us to serve people and work for that hope that we know is coming. To see people's lives transformed and renewed and give people life. Give people new hope that something can be different. The Bible is filled with that new hope. Paul says that the whole of creation is yearning for the redemption of the sons of Adam, the children of Adam, the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve, that when that time comes, all of creation will be redeemed. And you can read about that in the book of Revelation where John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down. I saw a new Jerusalem, a holy city prepared for the people. And for God. And I saw God seated on the throne. And He saw God wipe away tears and restore joy. But our lack of hope is filtering over even into our preaching. And how often do we truly hear sermons about new creation instead of dying and going to heaven? We're selling Jesus out sometimes. And acting as if God's vision for reality is impossible. But I'm going to tell you that it's not. Because Christ is King, because Christ is Lord, because Christ was died and raised, there will be a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no sin, and Christ will be the light of the world. And all things will be joy and peace and love. And people will study war no more. There will be no more despots. No more wicked politicians. There will be no one else who stands and says, follow me. No one else will ever again distract us from our faith and our love for Jesus. And that day is as sure and certain as the moment that you're sitting in right now. Christ will come. And the kingdom will come in fullness. But for now, dear ones, we are the visible kingdom on earth. Because we love Him. Because we have faith in Him. And the thing that I'm asking you to decide again today is are you willing to serve Him? Are you willing to do the work of the kingdom of God? Are you willing to share the good news of Christ? Are you willing to feed the hungry? Are you willing to house the homeless? Are you willing to care for those that society casts aside? Are you willing to be a decent human being? <laughs> Are you willing to forgive? Are you willing to care for even your enemies? Are you willing to serve those who persecute you? Are you willing to pray for those who drive nails into your hand? Because that, dear ones, is what the kingdom of God looks like because that is who its king is. One who looked down from the cross and forgave those who nailed him to the tree. How in the world could we be afraid of the future if the future is in his hands? Isn't that a good idea? that was left unanswered by John. Pilate asked Jesus if he was a king. And Jesus refused to give him the privilege of a direct answer. Because on display that day was the the battle between the kingdom of God and the empires of this world. And Jesus did not need Pilate's credibility to be king. Jesus went on to be a different kind of king. You see, dear ones, the kingdoms of this world build themselves on the blood, sweat, and tears of the Lord. the kingdoms of this world build themselves. But Jesus is building His kingdom out of His own suffering. Jesus is building His kingdom on His own sweat. On his own blood and on his own tears. And you, dear ones, are invited to be part of it. Christ is King. Do not be ashamed of him. But remember who he was. And then, dear ones, your hearts will be filled with hope because you know what kind of king he is and will be. So I say to you, love him. Keep your faith in him. And serve him. And your life will truly be blessed. Amen.